Uh, I want to introduce to you Tony and, and Rainey and Hannah, uh, the Ruse family. Our first year, when Nancy and I first uh, started going to France as the pastoral care, was the first, that was the first year you guys were there. So we kind of started at the same time. They are over Envision Paris or France, and they, they coordinate all the Envision teams that go, and, and they're going to talk to you more about that. But I just want to let you know this is a, a great family, and they love the Lord, doing a phenomenal job in, in Paris and, and around the country. So could we give them a great, warm welcome? Hard part with a announcement and welcome like that, that's a lot to live up to. I know. We're just so I'm going to let you start because right. that'll help out hold the mic up. Too. Well, we are, I'm Rainey. This is my husband, Tony. Hi. We are Envision Workers, part of your CMA family, and we are working in Paris, France. Um, we hastily took this picture about a week ago because we needed new prayer cards, but we need to redo things because our girls have gotten taller than me, and so we're not in a very good structure there. But... <laughs> Uh, we have Hannah with us today. Hannah is 14, and she's a freshman in high school this year. And then Faith is not at Harry Potter World. She is in Germany celebrating Thanksgiving with her dorm family. She is a junior at Black Forest Academy, which is a school for missionary kids from around the world. And she's spending her high school years there and loves it and uh, wishes she was here, but is really enjoying um, spending Thanksgiving they pick a neutral weekend because they have Koreans and Can Canadians and Americans, so they pick a neutral weekend, which is this weekend, to celebrate Thanksgiving. So um, she just couldn't be with us today. So this is our family. Rainy and I have been married for about 21 years. We grew up in the same church together. I know, we got married when we were 10. It's fantastic. So um, 21 years. Um, we have to introduce you to the newest member. Oh, that's the wrong way on the slide. There we go. Uh, of, our, of our family. This is my daughter's dog, Hemsworth. Um, I don't know. I just figured I'd put that up there because she gets mad if I don't include him as part of the If family. you ever find a free dog on Craigslist, you should ask more questions. Five years old, not well-trained at all. <laughs> Worst decision ever. He's cute, though, right? Um, really, thank you for being part of what God is doing around the world. Thank you for allowing Jesse and Nancy to partner with the France Field. I know on behalf of the field leadership team and the other international workers in France, we are so grateful for their love and support and to have a church that says, Yes, please continue to minister and serve um, them. So it's very good. We work um, with the Christian Missionary Alliance in the small park called Envision. And I can see by where your eyes are focused, you're already reading what Envision is all about. As a ministry of the CMA, Envision identifies, develops, and develops missional leaders who innovate, establish, and strengthen communities of faith in key urban environments. We do this through short-term trips, internships, leadership development, and ministry opportunities in the Alliance family. Today, we want to take you uh, through what that looks like, particularly in France, um, almost exclusively in Paris, but our ministry is not only to Paris, but also we want to be a resource to the rest of the France field. There are three main locations, four locations that our ministries take place in throughout France. I know you've already had the Simons here and heard all about Limoges, so we're going to focus on the work that God is doing through us. Um, we're honored to be here sharing today um, a bit of our hearts and hopefully God's heart. And we're going to look at John chapter 
um, 5 verses 1 through 9. If you have Bibles and, and, and do that sort of turning and looking, we'd love to, to walk you through some of those things. I love the book of John because it's a book that, that John wrote about his friend. John is, John, um, is sometimes called the self-titled um, one beloved one, the one that Jesus loves. Kind of, he puts the title on himself. And I always say, you know, if he puts the title on himself while he was writing the book of the gospel and he wasn't struck dead, it must be true, right? So he was the one that Jesus loved, you know, so he uses this term over and over again. But John writes this book as, as a, t- a testimony to what Jesus did. And he wrote it for this reason, he says in John 20, 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the reason we proclaim God and his works throughout France, and the reason that you proclaim God and his works here in Orlando is so that those may, who hear may believe and may have life in his name. We're going to take a moment and read through John 5, 1 through 9. Rainey's going to read that for us. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which had five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So Jesus asked this question that, for those of us who have been sick, is, is kind of a silly question. Do you want to be healed? Have you ever met a sick person that doesn't want to be healed? I know I haven't, as I've ministered in, in different churches as, as youth pastor and associate pastor and as I've worked with people in France, I've never met somebody who was sick or hurting that didn't want to be healed. It's interesting, though, that, that Jesus didn't wander into this part of town by chance. The Bible uh, shows us that Jesus was a devout Jew. He followed the, 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 the rules of the Jews at that time, which meant that there were three Jewish festivals at any time throughout the year. And Jesus had returned to them over and over again. So he'd been to Jerusalem by my math, which I'm not always that good at, about 90 times at this time. So he knew Jerusalem pretty well. So it wasn't just like he wandered into this area where there was the sick, the lame, and the paralyzed laying there and was shocked. But he went there on purpose. Jesus spent time with those who were in need of healing. And one of the things that, that, that always excites me about Jesus as I read through the book of John, as I read through the Gospels, is Jesus was out and about in the community amongst those who were in need, those who were sick, and hurting, and out in the public. He didn't hide himself away in the synagogue and and wait for people to come to him. He went to those who were hurting. And I know if you've lived in your neighborhood for any time, or you've lived in your community for any amount of time, you know in your neighborhood where those who are in need of sick and healing are. So, as you read in our, and Tony said in our, um, kind of our mission statement, One of our primary jobs is discipling and developing young adults who come um, to serve with us. 
And we use a tool by Mike Breen, and it's um, a shape. He writes a lot about shapes, but a specific one is a triangle that we focus on with our interns a lot. And it's this idea that there are three areas of your life that you need to be intentional about developing. And the first one is your up relationship. So if we had a slide, which we, we should, but don't. Next time. <laughs> um, the up relation, the top of the point of the period triangle is um, your relationship with God. And that is where we spend a lot of time. We need to be developing that relationship with God on an ongoing basis. And then the other side of the triangle on the bottom is your in relationship. So those are, do you have people in your life that are pouring into you? Do you have people that are encouraging you, people who are um, developing you? Do you have people that are investing in you? You need those people in your life. We're not called to be islands. We need to have people who are investing in us so that we can continue to grow. And we need those people because the third point on the triangle is this idea of an outward relationship. And so often, when you're in ministry, you spend a lot of your time on this outward pouring. So you're giving all of yourself to the people that you're coming into contact with. And so we really, um, we need those other two sections of the triangle to balance out that we have the, the energy and the um, spiritual fullness so that we can pour out into others. Um, in Mark 2.17, it says, it's not the healthy who need, the doc need a doctor, but the sick. I have, not called to, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So in our context in Paris, we often are with the unhealthy. So we need to be healthy and full and full of life and spiritual fullness so that we can reach out to those people who are sick. They're not physically sick all the time, but often spiritually and emotionally sick. So we want to take you through uh, what it takes, not always what it takes, but how we see Jesus um, leading people in their faith journey. Um, one of the books that we read recently uh, was called I Once Was Lost, and it's put out by InterVarsity. And they talk about five thresholds that a, that a non-Christian or a post-Christian person or postmodern person needs to go through to understand who Jesus is and before they'll come to, to faith in Christ. And so we use this as a basis for what we're doing in Paris. Um, threshold one, and I tell you there's five so that you'll be able to be like, okay, we're on four, almost done, great. Uh, but we're only on one. So um, first off, we actually have an, an, an added one that we have in Paris. We call it point five because Point five is just the idea of knowing somebody is a Christian. In France, in, in particular, in Paris, there's 12 million people. Less than 1% of them know that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. That means as we walk around, there's very few people that can just happen to bump into somebody and, and, and offer them the hope of Jesus. That's why we bring teams. That's why we bring interns. And that's why we develop ministry so that people can trust Christians. So on any given week, we host... Um, three or four different conversation groups in English because people want to learn English. So we have English conversation groups to our French friends, allowing them opportunity to have conversations that are sometimes about pets, because sometimes we just talk about our dogs, or cats, and sometimes we, we, we delve into faith matters. But it's, it's totally just a conversation based on a topic that ebbs and flows. And we train our interns and teams as they come that, hey, you're not here just to, to lead a Bible study. You're here to let people get to know you 
And as they get to know you and they ask, hey, why are you different? Then we were able to share that of why we're different. Jesus didn't just spend time with those who are in need of healing. Um, Jesus also knew the man who was in need of healing. If you read through John chapter 5, it says Jesus knew the man had been sick for a long time. It wasn't just by chance that Jesus showed up there. Perhaps every year of his life, he walked through there and saw this person sick and repeatedly saw him. The Bible is very clear that Jesus knew that this man had been sick. And sometimes when we're, we get overwhelmed in France, and sometimes you might get overwhelmed here in Orlando, of looking out and seeing so many people lost and in need of Jesus. Jesus didn't get overwhelmed because he could have done that and everything would have been great. But Jesus did what? he wanted to model to us he chose one person one person who had been sick for 38 years and said i know you're hurting i want to heal you and he does that for us also he reaches out and he says you are important you are important jesus knew the man and his pain in there we often find people and get to know them that's the that's the whole reason we're in paris we present the gospel to them through the relationship that they can have with us and interns um, so we go from trusting a christian to the next step of um, becoming curious yeah so the second threshold that we kind of gauge where people are at is this idea of becoming curious and a lot of times when people start to become curious about our faith, we think, oh my goodness, this is the perfect time to throw them into a Bible study. And in our context in France, this is not always the case. We're still in a process of building trust in a lot of these relationships. And so when people start to become curious, we just try to ourselves and with our interns and teams encourage people to just really be as transparent as possible about who they are and what their faith looks like because their curiosity at this point is not saying i want to become a christian i need to go to a bible study they're really just starting to like touch into what um what christianity is in paris um our girls went to public school for many years um, they were required to write a report on Moses as a mythical figure. So he was a mythical figure, kind of like they used the Bible similar to the Odyssey and the Iliad. And so they had to write this report on Moses as a mythical figure. So we're dealing with these situations where um, because of their education system, because of their society, um, they don't even have a foundation to think that the Bible is true. So we run into that all the time. So we're just really trying to get them to, um, to start to ask questions, to start to become more curious. Frequently, when people come into Genesis or into Connected, our other ministry center, um, they will come up and they'll be like, I have not ever experienced something like this before. There's something different. There'll, there'll be, a lot of them are, um, don't have enough work so they might be like minimally employed, but they don't have enough work. So they go from language group to language group to language group across the city. And so they come in and they're like, this group is not like any of the other groups I've ever been to. What's different about this group? Why are you like this? Why do you do this for free? And so in those opportunities, in those moments, we get to say, we're here, we love you. What you're experiencing is the love of Jesus. It's not anything exceptional about us. We're just regular old people. But what you're feeling in this place is the presence of Jesus. And those are often just times to make them start thinking. 
And so Jesus continues in his, his conversation with this man. He says, do you want to be healed? And he offers this man healing. Jesus offers the man healing, and what is the man's response? It's not, wow, Jesus created the universe, the, the, the force, the God who created by his voice creation. He looks elsewhere. So oftentimes when we get people that start to be curious about who Jesus is, they'll just kind of go, there's, there's two paths that they can go at this point. One, closer to Jesus as we direct them and say, hey, here's some opportunities we have for you. We use the Alpha Film series, which is then transformed into a um, kind of a, a seeker idea type of service that we do on Thursday nights where we read this story of God through the book of John and we allow them to discuss Christians, non-Christians, and just hash out the ideas that that pop up and the questions that come there. We ask three simple questions each week at this one. What did you like about this history? What didn't you like? And what did you learn about Jesus? That's all we do. And, And they talk and they talk and they talk in English and in French and sometimes other languages get thrown in there. And we have just the opportunity to have them connect. And sometimes they'll go further and further and become curious and will say, Jesus is what you need. And that's when they go, Oh, that's cute. You think it's Jesus that makes a difference. I'm going to go somewhere else and figure something else out. Because as much as they're curious and, and, and maybe even open to change, they're open to change for anything. And in fact, there are more um, witch doctors and tarot card readers in Paris than there are pastors and priests. There are more people that are open, and, and so they'll have businessmen and businesswomen who will bring tarot card readers into their office and have them flip over the cards and say, should I buy or sell, or where should I go next in my business? But if you tell them you're praying for them, they'll be like, oh, no, no, I don't need religion. I don't need Jesus in my life because, you know, we're, we're, we're French and we're proud and we don't do that. Tarotism, spiritualism, all that's okay. They're open to change, but that's that moment that they can go, one of two directions and we've had friends that have been close yeah i have a friend who we spent many years ministering to um she she came super close she she celebrated christmas with our family for the first time in 20 years she told us she had um, an estranged relationship with her family she had walked away from them um we laid out the gospel multiple multiple times. times multiple times and um and we thought she was with us on Christmas Eve. We thought, tonight is the night. And she, I met with her the next weekend, and she said, yeah, that stuff's all really good, but I'm going to go with my friends who are into Reiki, and we're going to go and spend the weekend in the forest seeking spirits. And that was the end. She decided to go a different direction. People in France are incredibly spiritual. I think you'll see that in, in the generations coming up in America, too. People are looking for something but they're not willing to look at Jesus for that. And so it's our job to reflect who Jesus is so that they can want that. So they don't, so that they're not attracted to, to the spiritual things. I believe she found spirit, she came back from her trip, she told me about the spirits she encountered. I believe they are real spirits that she encountered. And, but they're not Jesus, she needs Jesus. Um, but these things happen to us over and over. I want what you have but I'm not willing to go to Jesus for it. Yeah, we hear often, I love what you have. I love the way you love your children. I love the way you love us. And we say, well, here's how you do it. You start loving Jesus, and he loves others through you. He loves others through you. And they're like, well, that's, I knew you were going to say that. 
That's the response. I knew you were going to say that, but there's got to be something else. No, we love Jesus, we love others. It's that simple. We just want them to be open to change, and when they're open to change, we want to direct them to Christ. And we have opportunities for that. We partner with local churches, um, Trinity International Church and, and La Defense uh, Church out in, in a, a place called La Defense. And uh, we partner with them so that we have other Christians that they can connect with, other people that we can, we can plug them in with. Because we get so many people. There's 12 million people. Rainy and I can't do it on our own. Even if we have teams and interns and coworkers every week, we need the church. That's the great thing about Christ is he has, he has established his church so that we can do works even greater than he did because we can multiply by just letting Christ love through us and work through us. That's the work that we do. Um, and then Jesus, the great thing about it, the man didn't give the right answer. I mean, he, he, Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? That's a yes or no question. Either yes, I want to be healed, or no, I don't. He, he said, well, every time I try to go get healed... I can't get into the pool. So he didn't say why. He said, he basically gave the reason why I'm still sick. We find that a lot in the people that we talk to, too. When we say, hey, Jesus, Jesus can bring some healing into your life. He can be a savior that saves you from death into life. And they go, well, that sounds great, but the church really did some bad things back in the day. Yeah, it did. But that doesn't stop you from having a relationship with Jesus. Jesus heals. Jesus brings salvation so that his glory may be revealed. So Jesus, in, in, the, in the story in John, says, get up, take up your mat, and walk. And we have the opportunity at, at times in people's lives to, to be a part of what God is doing. Seeking after God is threshold four. There's an opportunity where they go from, I'm just open and curious, to I really want to know more. So we take them through that Alpha course that we use. We take them into Bible studies in local churches, and they start to seek after God. We had a, a young man, or not, I call him young because he's my age. Exactly. Uh, we had a young man in France that... Uh, Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, we had a young man arrive into our ministry center, completely broken. He was in France because he was recently divorced, living uh, in the, home, the town that he grew up in, and everybody there was just against him. So he moved to France on his own as, as a, as a well, I'm 41, as a 40-year-old-plus man, moved to Paris and showed up at our language group to learn English. Wanted to further his English because the d desire this guy has was to move to an English-speaking country and start a business there, leave family, leave, leave anything around, and just start over. He came looking for English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he came looking for English, and he became a fixture with us. If our doors were open, he was there. Yeah. And it very, and I, we tell you this story and it sounds like, oh, it happened quickly. This was a process over a year and a half. And truthfully, a year and a half is quick for us. So he came, he started coming to English classes, and then he was just always there, always with us. Loved our interns. He has um, university age kids of his own. So they were about the age of his kids who he has a strained relationship with. But they, he got to start interacting with a lot of our interns. He loved having our teams from America come um, and to get to know them because his dream is to come to America. He started joining Bible studies at the church. We, I don't think anybody ever really invited him. He was just like, oh, you're having a Bible study. I'm interested yeah. in that. I have Catholic backgrounds. One yeah. of the things he said to me was, 
well, you know I'm Catholic and I'm not going to change that. I said, that's great. I just want you to know Jesus. I don't care what you call yourself. If you know Jesus and you're following him, that's all I want from you. Yeah, he just like, he would stay for English class and then there'd be a Bible study and he'd just linger. And so he just kind of watched a long time from the outside, from the periphery and, and just kind of observed and watched. Yeah. And slowly over time, yeah. he, he would ask some more questions. He would start saying things to us about Jesus and we we're like, huh, what's going on? And what we know about French people and what we've learned over the years is that a lot of times when they're ready to make decisions and a lot of their thought process happens internally um, when they're alone and, and we kind of were like, okay, Jesus, we know you're doing a miraculous thing in his life and we're just going to have to trust you that when Benoit is ready to tell us, he's going to let us know. God. Um, he'll, t he'll tell us when he's ready, but we're just going to trust that you're, you're moving in that direction. And, um, and all of a sudden, we had a team in, and they, we, when we have teams, we often have them meet both French believers and non-believers so that they can hear their stories. We want, we feel a lot of times with our teams that our responsibility is to just educate. Why is there a need to send missionaries to Europe? And so we want them to meet with both believers and non-believers. So they were meeting with Benoit, and he said to them, um, it, one of them asked a question, like, do you believe in Jesus? And he goes, you know, I didn't until like two weeks ago, and I did, do now. And we're all like, what? Thanks for telling us, <laughs> is kind of what we said. Yeah, wow. we're like, we all were just like, and we just were super excited. Our interns for the summer were there, and they had spent hours and hours yeah. with him. And they were just so overjoyed. As an Envision staff, we had a major party. I can't imagine what was happening in heaven, but we celebrated um, because we were so excited about that. So he goes from seeking God to step or threshold five is entering the kingdom. This is actual pictures of this man that we've been talking about. Randy's used his name a couple times. But um, praying with two of our interns on their last day, of being able to see him. He had not yet professed Christ as his savior at this time, but they, he was receiving prayer because he had seen the difference. And on the, the right hand of the picture, you can see him um, giving testimony just last weekend um, and being baptized. Um, so praise the Lord. Now, as we're not all our stories end up yeah, like this. Yeah, not all, as Randy shared, our stories normally end up with, like, we tell them about Jesus, and they're like, oh, that's cute, and we don't see him again. And we, we tell this story because this is a long process. Randy mentioned it's been a year and a half, two years, since, since this man entered into the ministry center and, and came to know Christ. And we're not disheartened at all because we are believing that God is in this for the long haul. And we believe that that's why the church is established is so that we can all work together to establish the kingdom. So we go through five thresholds. As I promised, there's only five. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to let you know a little bit more about who we are and how you can be involved with what God is doing. Um, yeah, we have prayer cards out on the table, out in the... What is that? Narthex? What do you guys call it? Um, we have prayer cards area. out there in the entryway. Feel free to grab one. We would love for you to be praying for us. It has our contact information on it, so you can follow along what's going on in our world. Um, 
Tony is great about sending out a monthly prayer letter. We don't say it, we don't call it monthly anymore. We call it a regular newsletter. Oh. Or at least that's what I do now. Because <laughs> if I say monthly and then it's only once every six weeks, you guys, it can be a little thing. So I have my computer out there. You can just type it in. If you don't type well, our daughter Hannah will be there and type for you. Um, I like doing it typing because otherwise I can't read your handwriting. Um, we send out an email almost weekly. We also take those email addresses and sell them for spam and get them. No. Just kidding. We protect your email addresses. Um, Hannah loves that joke. That's one of her favorites that I tell every time. Um, we do, as, as Envision workers through Christian Missionary Alliance, we develop partnerships with individuals and churches to help support us financially. If you're interested in what God is doing and partnering with that financially or prayerfully, please consider just talking with us afterwards. One of the commitments that we make is that we won't leave here until everybody's done talking to us. So um, we're not going to run off out of the, out of the entryway area you want to talk to us, please come up and talk to us afterwards. If we said anything that struck a nerve with you, that you started to Positive get... Positive or negative. Yes. If you got that little pitter-patter in your heart, or you started sweating maybe, um, and God is speaking to you, please don't leave without talking to us. We would be happy to talk to you about whatever is going on with you. If you need prayer, we'd be happy to pray with you. And lastly, um, we want to give you just a couple ideas of ways to pray. If you don't see us, you don't sign up. Uh, you can be praying for us, as, as Rainy mentioned, our daughter Faith is in the Black Forest Academy. Our daughter Hannah will probably be heading there next year. Um, that's a pretty big change for a, a young couple like us. I'm going to keep using the word young. Um, a young couple like us to be empty nesters um, about four years earlier than we thought we were going to be. Um, maybe three years. And so that's a, a big change in our ministry and our role. Um, you can be praying for, for people that come into the, the Genesis Center or the Connected Center um, as they walk through different thresholds or they come to different thresholds of, of moving from not even knowing who a Christian is or what a Christian does to knowing Christ. Keep praying for the people of Paris. Yeah. And pray for a revival in the whole country of France. France is a lost nation. Um, we have lots of statistics, but the evangelical church movement in France is to get one church for every 10,000 people. Currently, we're at one church for every 40,000. So there's a big work to be done. So be praying for revival in, in France. And thank you again for your time. Thank you for your support of missions um, over the years and, and by bringing us here and letting us share. Jesse, do you want to come and close the service? Amen.